This podcast is brought to you by Central, helping schools work smart. I'm Colin Klupik, and you're listening to Central Station. This episode is the third part of a longer conversation I had with Deputy Principal Kylie Fabry on well-being. It's a critically important aspect of student and school life, and it gives us great pleasure to bring you this series in partnership with Callaghan College, Walsin Campus in Newcastle. In this episode, we discuss the concept of categorisation. For any system to work, there needs to be some way of organising or categorising the things you're trying to manage. And when it comes to well-being, the list is possibly endless. We'll talk about how to handle that part, but the conversation starts off by reinforcing the importance of staff buy-in and that staff need to own the categories. It's not as simple as hoping that the software will somehow work some magic. For maximum effect, the software is capable of being configured to the school's specific needs, and Kylie describes some excellent methods to make that happen. It's worth noting that this episode is part of a longer discussion, and we're picking up where we left off from last week. If you haven't heard the previous episodes, then I encourage you to have a listen, as each episode covers a specific topic and still makes sense when listened to on its own. And once again, we'd like to make an important disclosure. Callaghan College uses Central as its school management platform, but these discussions are much more about the students than the software, and we hope that anyone listening to these discussions will benefit from the insight and experience that Kylie will be sharing. With respect to well-being, can we talk a little bit about uh, categorization? Now, some people might feel a bit uncomfortable about the fact that we're categorizing behaviors in, in specific ways. Uh, some might be positive, some might be negative. Uh, how do you tell what's positive? How do you know what's negative? And, and everything else in between. How do you start to even think about categorization? I think that, um, again, it's based on um, the context of your actual school and the needs of your students. It needs to be owned by staff, your categorisation, particularly if we're talking about negative incidences. So you need to consider what the incidences are that are happening on a day-to-day basis within inside of your actual school setting. And staff need to take ownership over what those categories are. Um, we talk mainly in terms of minor and major incidences, um, but having staff buy-in and that collective efficacy of um, at a classroom teacher level, executive level and a senior executive level is really quite important. Their clear description of the actual behaviours can help define what that is in the classroom and what that means to staff. But using that language also back at students, so for example that they're dis- being disobedient or they're not being prepared to learn or you are late to class. So using that language back to the students um, is just as important. Likewise, with whatever positive incidences that you're using. Here we use gotchas, and that's done through our actual role. What's that? Um, So if a student has done the right thing in the classroom, uh, they may have been prepared to learn, they may have worked well within a group, then they get a gotcha award. So maybe back in the day would have been like your old merit award yeah. um, and that paper award. Or a smiley face. Or a smiley face <laughs> or a tick on the board. Then we use that using our cent- using essential, our period by period, and that tallies up for students. Uh, and then we have ruffle drawers and awards handed out on our actual assemblies based on that. So I think it needs to be based um, and targeted to your school setting. I once went through a categorization. I was at a, a PBL school, Positive Behaviour for Learning School, and we categorized based on our school expectations. And then underneath our school expectations, we had different categories. 
Um, it worked well for a year, but unfortunately became too complex um, and didn't drive any sort of data. Um, it was quite clunky. People wanted to tick one category here and one category there, um, and it got too messy. But we only knew that based on trying to make a change to better inform us of what was happening in our actual school and the settings in our school. Um, and then we had to change and we kind of refined it a lot more to make it a bit more simpler, but still to drive and give us the data that we wanted based on the time of the day incidences mm. were happening. So I think it's very much context-based, but it needs to be owned by all inside the actual setting. So when you say the system was complex, does that mean that there were too many categories? Yeah, there was too many categories based under um, the three expectations that we actually had. Um, so we had um, a category for respect, responsibility and commitment. And then underneath that, we had more categories based on what was respect and what was responsibility, and what was commitment. And it all sounded great to start with because they were our core expectations yeah. in our school. And then it just got way too complex. So, um, so then subcategories upon subcategories upon subcategories yeah. just became too difficult to manage. And, yeah, and didn't drive what we were, um, the data that we were trying to get, particularly if somebody had a subcategory under responsibility and a subcategory under commitment, and then there was a description of what the child done, <laughs> yeah. and it became too much. But at the beginning, we thought it would be a great idea to try and break it down. Yeah. Um, but it's that refine, as we should always do, evaluate and refine what our processes are, and hence we're going in the same change at the moment and looking at our central categories here at Callahan Walls End and trying to refine that so that we've got a system that's actually effective and as I've said before particularly in behavior central is not our management central we put our data and our information on there but in terms of behavior what we are doing as classroom teachers or executive is what changes behavior not we don't change behaviour just because we put an incident on central. So is central as flexible as you need it to be? So if you change, like if you need to, like if you evaluate and then say, well, oh, okay, we need to change a few things, is central easily able to reflect those changes for you? Certainly is. Um, I think I always say to people that you can't break central. Um, <laughs> so you're best off. You probably tried though. <laughs> making and trying to change it and um, making the changes to your categories um, in particular. We've we've changed things from leaving um, further action as a default to not or completing it as the default um, based on, you know, we found at first that let's change it to completed um, because people were leaving it as uncompleted, um, but then people weren't filling in the further action. So I think it's, yeah, you can change particularly the wellbeing section, um, to meet the needs of your school and the categories of your actual school setting, most certainly. You were telling me earlier that uh, you've worked uh, heavily with staff on uh, trying to develop categories that you feel that the whole school owns. Can you run me through that situation and how that, how that process worked and how that panned out for you? Mm -hmm. So um, being a um, new executive at um, Callaghan Walls End, what I did was went through last year's data that I could gain from Central to look at what staff members were putting in as incidences happening on a day-to-day -day basis in their classroom um, and tried to collate them over, I think there's about 20 different categories. I took that and put descriptions and the descriptions that I put into the, the explanations were based on what staff were actually putting in as their own descriptions. I asked um, executive staff to take that back to their faculties um, and then to categorise that into whether that was a minor or a major incident, along with should it be a classroom teacher, a head teacher, or a deputy principal actioning um, the behaviour. Surprisingly enough, faculties and also the executive came to a general consensus 
of the minor and majors. The only one that was um, of any sort of discrepancy of whether it was a major, major, major or minor incident was racism. And thankfully, that, that actually really worked, that, it, that everyone agreed on the major and the minor. Mm. Where we need to do a little bit more work is on whose responsibility it is to follow up an incident. Where is it a classroom teacher, a head teacher, or a deputy principal? Um, we've got a little bit more work to do um, there. Likewise, we've got a little bit more work to do with what your follow-up action actually is. Is it to call parents? Is it to place a child on a detention? Is it to have a mediation with the actual child? Is it to help the child more in their learning or to do a learning and support referral? So a little bit more work around the further action and a little bit more work about whose responsibility it is. Um, But that's all part of professional development and educating and mentoring coaching staff. Um, And as senior executive and executive, we have a role to play with our classroom teachers in terms of um, helping support them because the idea is to look at changing behaviour we don't want the same behaviours continuing, so we want to change the behaviour, particularly when we look at students who may have had 30 incidences in a, ter- in a term or a year. What are we doing differently and what's mm. causing those? Is it a subject-specific? Is it teacher-specific? Is it the time of the day? And that's where the wellbeing data, we can change... Oh, sorry, we can actually gather information to inform, whether it be our curriculum, our timetable, our year groups... Um, what subjects they're doing at what particular time of the day. That's the data that we get from the behaviour information that is placed on Central. So you've you've created two broad categories of major and minor. That's contextually based to here. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it done differently elsewhere? Mm-hmm. So so do you have to only categorise on major and minor and then, and then go from there? Look, so I've seen it happen where some schools don't categorise major and minor and they just have all of their incidences. Um, I've actually worked in um, my previous school where we had major, minor and moderate. Um, I was going to ask you about the middle ground. Is there a middle ground? (laughs) Moderate came in because, again, through staff ownership and having conversations with staff about where do you think this falls, when we couldn't make decisions on um, was it major or minor or was it sometimes... In the middle, that's where the actual moderate came mm. about um, in, the, in the middle there. So um, effectively what you want to find in a school setting is that you have more minor incidences than major incidences yeah. on a day-to-day <laughs> basis or even on a year basis. Um, we don't want to be having major incidences um, regularly, but that's the data that you can actually gather. If you are having those major incidences um, often, um, that informs us of where we go to next. How quickly do these things give over to human factors? So you start recording data, you you, you know you put it into your categories. Uh, Central's collecting all the information for you. You can start looking at it online. Uh, you can collaborate with your staff, and people can see this information from wherever they happen to be on their computers. How quickly do you then give over to human factors where you might uh, go and have a conversation with someone, or say, look, someone needs to go and speak to that student, or actually, we really need to call those parents right away. How mm-hmm. quickly does that happen? I think that, um, again, and I won't go back to before, where I get my notifications um, daily. Likewise, notifications go to head teachers um, as well. That I think that there always still has to be a human factor because Central's not going to manage that for you. So particularly when we talk about behaviour, and it might be a simple conversation with the student that the teacher might have, and they record that in the first instance. Um, when it's continually going on and with a a student then the expectation would be that the classroom teacher would speak to their head teacher and say I'm having this continued problem with Joe I've tried this 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 and this can you please step in and help the head teacher would potentially then come to myself and I'd be saying to the head teacher well I'm going to have a look at central because what things have you actually implemented as well as a head teacher and when the head teacher and the classroom teacher have exhausted all their tools in their toolkit 
that's when it becomes my responsibility as well. So it is, I guess, in a simplified form, a chain of command, Mm. but there always needs to be, we're talking about children and we're talking about the conversations that we have with them about what the expected behaviours are um, that we do and don't want inside of our school settings. Likewise, in a high school setting, we're having those conversations with students about those expected behaviours in the workplace as well because we have students in workplaces or moving towards workplaces. So it's the relationships that you have with students as well that plays a part in those conversations that you have in order to change their behaviour. So how do the students feel about all this? Do they feel, um, if I can put it this way, categorised? <laughs> they Students know that if they've done the wrong thing, that it will go on central. What I don't like is if a staff member turns around and says, well, I'm going to put an incident on central about Uh-oh. you <laughs> because that's not the management. That's not the actual consequence to their behaviour. Um, going back to human factor, I think that the data that we collect is only as good as the person who's actually putting it on um, as well. So that's why as senior executive, we have conversations with staff about the information that you're putting on and the actions that you're taking to, I guess, inform us about what you've done, but also at later on, a learning and support team may look at this information and want to know and be informed and they look at this to, to gauge where they're also heading as well. So I think that it's only as good as what you put on, but if it isn't detailed or informative, then we need to make sure that we're correcting that. How do the parents feel about this sort of thing? Because presumably they'd get reports about student behaviour or when they get contacted, they might say, what's all this about? Mm-hmm. And you might say, well, there have been X amount of incidents that, are, that we think are uh, categorised this way or we'd like to describe them this way or that. Do the, do the parents generally feel good about the, the, the nature of how you've gone about categorising what, what goes on? I guess we don't necessarily talk about the category that the student's being categorised into, but more about the actual behaviour in the description. We, In terms of behaviour and making sure we do categorise it, for those parents who have their, their children under psychologists, psychiatrists, paediatricians, this information is vital to informing we talked about medication changes and things like that because sometimes kids tell their professional people outside of school what they want them to hear (laughs) Um, and if we can print off this information um, and that's why essentially the information that's put on there needs to be professional and detailed then that informs others about what is going on so for an example um, a pediatrician may look at our report on uh, from well-being and say well Joe's incidences after lunchtime at 11.30 seem to be really quite high. Let's change the medication from 12 o'clock to 11 o'clock so that there's time then for the medication to set in because we know that Joe's having more behavioural incidences in the classroom. So if we've got our um, well-being and our incidences working well and our staff working with us, that's how we can inform. We have a lot of parents that ask us to print off their child's behaviour as well. Oh, really? Yeah, and mind you, we, we obviously have to take out stu- other students' names and yeah, sure. information and if there's other it. people. But we, we have student, we have parents ask um, regularly where we get into trouble or where I don't like making phone calls home to parents is when a parent says to me, well, if there's been 13 incidences, how come you're the only one who's telling me about it? Um, uh, and again, yeah. that's that looking at the notifications and yep. saying to staff, well, can you let the parent know? Because yep. parents don't like surprises. So... If I ring up saying, sorry, your child's being suspended because of this, this, this and this, the parent will say, 
how come I didn't know about this any earlier? So the product is doing its job, but the people need to be doing its Most job. Most definitely, that's a that human factor. Yeah, and that refers back to the uh, the concept you're talking about before is that Central provides the tool for people to do the management. Mm-hmm. It's not going to jump out of a computer screen and start doing the management for you. Yeah, exactly right. So a school trying to work these concepts out. So presumably, uh, again, schools might like to evaluate and reflect on what they do and, 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 and how they've got it all set up. What's your advice on schools who are going through that process? I think that starting with what your expectations are or your core values within inside of your actual school setting, um, looking at uh, and, and reading the data and telling you what the data, uh, reading and understanding what the data is telling you, um, and then being able to get staff buy-in about the process that you actually want to use and the categories, um, which will vary from place to place. And quite often, and as in my experience, is there's lots of rich conversation that goes on about this. As teachers... We're really good sometimes at looking at the negative incidences before we look at the positive incidences. So lots of rich conversation happens um, around a system, particularly to, in terms of well-being and um, negative incidences. But in saying that, all the systems on Central that you use, and if I'll go back to learning and support, your adjustment profiles and your adjustment registers, your PLPs, IEPs, healthcare plans, risk yeah. management plans, they can all be managed to, and tailored to your school settings. So it's continually looking at them and saying, well, right, well, we need to take this part out here because it's not working or it's not giving us the information that we want. Or we use your advisor feedback regularly um, if parents and or others want information of how a child is going socially within different classes. Um, And sometimes you need to change the language in that setting so that others can understand what you actually want. Our learning adjustment plans are really, really important now and drive what's happening in the classroom often um, and we've tweaked them quite a number of times so that staff can understand what we want and students can understand where they're, what they're getting adjusted for as well. So I think it's a continually refining process um, to make it work for you. And Central allows you to do that. So you don't have to be following the same pathway all the, t- all the time. And, you know, in fact, when I, being new at Callaghan Wells End Campus, had a conversation with another staff member who said, well, the categories for um, well-being haven't been changed here for maybe about five to ten years. Oh, wow. Um, so, But you can do that to meet yeah. the needs of, of your actual um, setting. So our learning and support referral system, we've changed dramatically this year um, to help the staff manage learning and support, the learning and support teachers, the student um, support officers, our school counsellors. So we changed that dramatically this year to help support everybody. So it's like any process. You need to refine it, um, tweak it and make it work for you. And you can do that. It just takes time. In the next episode, I talk with Kylie about the ever-increasing effects of technology on well-being. Let's face it, technology as we're seeing it emerge these days isn't going away anytime soon and the challenges that presents for well-being are significant. Kylie provides some really useful insight and practical tips as to how to navigate this complex world of mobile technology and the internet and I commend that conversation to you. And to hear that next conversation make sure you subscribe to Central Station on your favorite podcast app and keep a lookout for next week's episode. This podcast is brought to you by Central, and for more information, visit the website, central.com.au. I'm Colin Klupik. Until next time, bye for now.